Warning, Money's Crazy Mind contains language that may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised, but will be completely ignored. Welcome to the podcast about everything and nothing all at the same time. This is Money's Crazy Mind. I'm sick of it, doing right, doing wrong. Parents pissed off every time I write a song. Smoke crack, what's upsetting, what the fuck is that? It's something funny, made for you to laugh Okay, okay. Here we go, here we go. Alright, this is uh, actually take two. On this particular audio dump, um, I originally did a version of this exact audio dump that I'm re-recording right now, uh, Friday night uh, after I got home from the hospital, and um, you know, it's not that I didn't like what I had recorded originally. It's just you know I've had I've had a couple of days to uh, kind of reflect and and kind of figure out what happened that landed me. In probably the one place that no nobody ever wants to try to end up in, and um, you know, because of that, I I was just like, you know what, let let's redo it. You know, let let's uh, let's take those reflections and um, add them into it. Um, so let's uh get into what happened, right? So I'm up at the studio. Um, I'm up at the studio on Friday getting ready to, or I'm actually working. Right. Um, and you know, uh, the day before I didn't even go up to the studio, you know, I I had a lot of shit to do this week and, um, I didn't even go up to the studio. Like I woke up, I moved my car from my wife so that she can go to work. And, uh, I was in so much pain that. I went back in the house and just passed out and just said, I'm not moving. Um, and I've only ever really done that one time in the past that I could think of where I was just in so much pain. And I ended actually <laughs> funny story. I actually ended up in the hospital that day too. Um, but it was for a completely different reason. I actually had a sciatica issue and let me tell you, those motherfuckers are no joke. Right. Um, but so with this, um, let me get into the backstory of it a little over a year ago. I'm, uh, I'm thinking I have like a, a, a bladder infection or, you know, I know, I know it's kind of like hard for a guy to get a UTI, but it is possible. So I'm thinking I'm dealing with something like that. So I I was drinking cranberry juice like it was going out of style. And um, it wasn't helping. Like a week later, I'm still dealing with the pain and everything from it. And it moved from that area into like where my kidney is. And I would put my hand on it. And even through clothing, I could feel that area of my body 
generating and radiating heat like like that one particular part was noticeably warmer than the rest of the area so as the day went on the pain just got worse and worse and i'm like what what the fuck is going on so um we're we're talking like you know maybe it wasn't even last year maybe it was even a little bit longer than that um you know but hospitals were and doctors were still pretty much doing just like teledoc and like video appointments and stuff like that over the internet because they you know were still trying to protect themselves from covid so um it had to be 2022 um you know i'm i was trying to do math in my head but so i make an appointment with teledoc and i'm talking to the doctor and i'm telling her everything that's going on and you know i'm telling her i'm like when when you touch it it doesn't hurt but it almost feels like i have the same sensation that you get like the tingling sensation that you get when your foot falls asleep and she like stopped me right there just mid you know she's like stop stop talking um I'm sending over a recommendation for you to go to the hospital. You might have sepsis. And I was just like, what? yeah, exactly like that little John. And, um, I'm just like, um, that, uh, okay. So she asked me obviously what the nearest hospital was. I told her and she's like, don't even wait for me to send the recommendation over. Just get in your car and go. So I go. And I walk in and I'm just like, you know, uh, my doctor was sending over a recommendation that I come here. They think I might have sepsis. And so I don't even, you know, they're like, okay, we'll have a seat and we'll call you back. So I go back and they do the triage, you know, take my weight, take my temperature, all that. And they're like, all right, have a seat. We'll call you back as soon as we can. Mind you. The lobby of the emergency room at this particular hospital was packed. So I already knew that I was going to be here for an extended amount of time. I'm looking around. There's a motherfucker bleeding. Um, you know, everybody's wearing masks, obviously, because it was still required at the time. I mean, it's still required now. But, you know, back then it was like, do not even walk in the fucking building if you don't have a mask on your face. At least now you can walk in and you can grab a mask and, you know, but this place is packed and every once in a while, somebody would get up and walk up to the, to the window and just be like, how much longer I've been here since, you know, seven 30 last night. I look at my phone. It's two o'clock in the morning and I'm like, uh Oh, um, I think I'm going to be here a while. Uh, you know, so I start chatting it up with some of the people that are there. And it's pretty much the same story from everybody. They've been there since the day before. And I'm just like, and none of you have even been taken back. They're like triage, but that's about it. And I'm like, oh shit. You know, so I go up to the window and I'm like, listen, I understand that all these people have been here before me. And I'm like, but aren't you supposed to be taking like the most life-threatening ones first? I'm like, you got a dude fucking bleeding out here. And they're like, yeah, we're waiting for beds. And I'm like, okay. Well, why aren't there any beds? Well, we have a lot of COVID patients. 
And I'm just like, all right. Um, the ones that aren't severe and the ones that aren't showing symptoms, weren't you supposed to like, according to like the latest from the CDC and everything, cause I was working in a restaurant at the time. I'm like, uh, you know, the latest from the CDC and everything says, you know, send those fuckers home, you know, because they're, they're taking up beds that are needed for other things. And they're like, yeah, we know, but you know, we, we just can't discharge them just yet. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So while I'm sitting there. And while everybody else that got there before me is sitting there, several people walk in and they're, they're fake coughing and you can tell that they're fake coughing and they're pretty much just going, (coughs) it wasn't that exaggerated, but I'm just doing that for dramatic effect. You know, I think I have COVID and they go right back and then you don't see them again after that. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So now at this point, I'm getting mad because it's like, all right, I get it. COVID can be life-threatening. It's a big deal. I'm not downgrading COVID, but I'm just basing everything. I'm, you know, I'm basing my, my current assessment of everything based on what I had seen on the news and what the, the latest was from the CDC and every, and things like that, where if a per- patient comes in claiming to have COVID, test them, see if they have COVID and send them the fuck home. And they weren't doing that. And I'm sitting there. So I like after the last douchebag that did this came in, I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, you guys are now basically disregarding everything that the CDC and the World Health Organization and, you know, the uh, local health departments and everything else have been telling everybody. And you're accepting nothing but COVID patients. I'm not stupid, and I know that hospitals are getting a kickback from the government for COVID shit. And I'm like, so this is exactly what you're doing. You're just trying to pad your fucking books with COVID. And I'm like, meanwhile, you've got a dude bleeding out here. You've got other people out here that look like they have some pretty serious shit going on. You've got a a patient out here that's because I've been talking to people, I know, I know pretty much just what everybody's there for. Like you got another guy out here that's fucking diabetic that you haven't tested his blood sugar, offered him a cookie, offered him some juice, or offered him anything. And the guy's been sitting out here for 20 hours. Not only that, but he's a fucking senior citizen. I'm like, look, my sepsis is probably the worst thing. Not the worst thing that's out here, but the least important thing out of some of the patients that are sitting out here. But yet it's sepsis. This shit could kill me. And I, you haven't done anything. You haven't done shit all to see if that's even what I have. I'm like, so how much longer are we, the people that are sitting out here, supposed to wait? And at that point, I'm the hero of the day. Because I'm putting these assholes in their place. You know, they're like, well, we're waiting for the next shift to come in. Once the next shift of doctors comes in, you know, we'll start taking people back. So I'm like, well, when is that supposed to be? And they're like 6 a.m. So at this point, it's like 4.30. And I'm like, fine. At 6 o'clock, if this this waiting area doesn't start emptying, you're going to hear my mouth again. So some of the people that have been out there, the ones that most of the ones that have been waiting the longest, and we're talking like a day and a half 
um, started getting up and leaving. And they had started calling around other hospitals to see if they had weights. So some of them had found hospitals that had at least the least, uh, uh, less of a weight, I should say, than where we currently were. And they're like, you know, anybody that wants to come with us, you know, follow me kind of thing. Uh, so it started clearing out a little bit. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm looking at my clock. It's 545. And I'm like, cool, 15 minutes. The next shift comes in. You know, now that there's less people out here, maybe we can start getting this ball rolling a little bit. So six o'clock comes and goes. And, you know, there's a different voice behind the counter now, obviously. But yet they still weren't taking anybody back. So seven o'clock rolls around. And one of the people that was there, and they were there with their girlfriend or wife, I can't remember exactly what the other person that was with them was, um, decided he was going to run and grab everybody breakfast um, that had been sitting there overnight. And the main reason for that was, was because we had this diabetic that was out there that still nobody in this hospital did anything for. And we're like, this dude's getting droopy. We can see he's getting droopy. His blood sugar is desperately low. So he runs and grabs uh, Burger King for everybody, gets him an orange juice and stuff too, because, you know, obviously this guy needs sugar in his system. And he just starts passing out fucking sandwiches to everybody. And I, I you know, I reach in my pocket and I try giving the guy some cash for it. And he's like, don't even worry about it. He's like, we're all in this together. You know, like, I almost wanted to sit there and be like, you know, hey, maybe we should all friend each other on Facebook and start a fucking group about, you know, how we waited a day and a half in a fucking hospital waiting room to be seen. So eight o'clock rolls around. Still nobody been seen, you know, um, throughout this entire endeavor. Obviously, I'm getting phone calls from people. Hey, what's going on? You know, what's the update? Still fucking sitting here. Um, and so finally, at like nine thirty, my mom called me. And she's like, anything yet? And I'm like, no, I'm still sitting here. I'm like, and same with everybody else that was sitting here before. And she's like, that is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm like, if this is sepsis, I'm like hours away from dying. So I looked around and I'm like, I'm going to start calling hospitals. Well, somebody else had the same idea I did. They started calling hospitals. and we found other hospitals that didn't have weight or the weights weren't as bad. And, um, you know, people again started leaving. So at, at this point, I'm just like, you know what? You know, I tried killing myself a year earlier and that didn't kill me. So if I go out because of sepsis, because I couldn't get seen at a hospital, at least my wife can sue the hospital. Like, that was my thinking at this point. So I go up to the desk, you know, I bang on the glass because they had closed the window by that point, you know, because they got tired of hearing people bitching. And I'm just like, you know what? Hi, um, I'm, I'm tired of waiting, you know, because this, this could be a very serious medical issue and you're just having me sit here. I'm like, what would happen if I had turned jaundice, which is something that could happen because of sepsis? And I just started dying right here in your fucking waiting room. And they're like, well, we apologize, you know, blah, blah. I'm like, look, I don't want to hear about there's no beds. 
start kicking the COVID motherfuckers out and start taking care of some of these people. Like, you have a guy out here fucking bleeding. I'm actually shocked that he's not bleeding all over the floor yet. So I'm like, look, I'm just going to go home. If it is sepsis and I die, it'll be on you. And I turned around and walked out. Um, Shockingly, it wasn't sepsis, obviously, because I wouldn't be here talking to you right now if it was. Um, But I didn't go to another hospital. I'm just like, I'm just going to go home and I'll try again. Because by this point now, it's Sunday. I'll go to the doctor tomorrow morning and I'll get checked out there. So the next day I go to a a Cleveland Clinic urgent care and um, they ran a couple of tests that they could run because it's an urgent care. Obviously, they don't have, you know, the full battery of stuff. Um, And um, they send me to a specialist. So the specialist um, takes blood, takes urine, um, did a CAT scan of my kidney, you know, that whole area. And he's like, I'll call you in a few days with the results to let you know. Good or bad, you will know in a couple of days. So I'm like, cool. I'm like, so you don't think it's sepsis? He's like, dude, if it was sepsis, you'd be dead already. And I'm like, all right, you know, just checking. Um, So the, the couple of days go by and he calls me. Like he said he was going to. And uh, he's just like, you know, your blood looks good. Urine looks good. You know, we didn't really see anything on the CAT scan. If there were, it was a kidney stone there, you might have passed it already. Um, you know, we don't see anything in your gallbladder or anything like that. So he's like, you should be good to go. You know, let me know if the pain continues. So for a while after that, you know, the, point, the pain went away. And um, then I noticed that the only time I would feel that pain again is if I had to pee. And I don't mean to get, you know, that kind of level personal, but I'm telling a story here, right? So I'm just like, all right, you know, maybe maybe it's just something with me having to pee. You know, I'm getting older. Maybe it does have something to do just do with that. So that was the way it went for a few more months. And then this past week, um, it stopped being just whenever I had to pee and started becoming constant. And uh I'm just like, all right, you know, let's see if this goes away after a couple of days. I'm not going to lie. You know, obviously I just got weight at the hospital. I'm 286 fucking pounds. I'll be the first person to admit it. I'm fat. If you guys have seen the show, the video version of the show, you know this. Um, Or seen any pictures and stuff that get posted by Redline Radio. You know this. Fuck. Uh, That is the sounds of a fat man in pain right there. Um, And, uh, you know, so it had just been it just kept going you know monday night it wasn't so bad and then tuesday it got worse wednesday it got worse thursday obviously i was i was laid out you know i couldn't do shit friday you know like i said i'm sitting up at the office and uh our general manager lisa was up there with me and you know she could see as the day was going on that i was just getting more and more miserable so I started looking into it a little bit more, um, even though I, you know, I kind of already, you know, had an idea of a couple of things that it could possibly be, you know, things that they told me to watch out for that, you know, b- when I was there before <clears throat> and, um, you know, a couple of friends that said too, you know, you might want to have them check your appendix too, because that can be appendicitis. And if your appendix bursts, you're a dead man in a few hours. You know, so I started looking into it a little bit more and, you know, I'm reading through some of the symptoms and I'm just like, yep, got that. 
Uh-huh. Got that too. Yep. Got that. And as the, you know, I, I went through like 20 symptoms and I had 10 out of 20 and I'm like, um, uh, oh, so, um, you know, I, and just to make sure that I, it wasn't in my head, I'm like, Hey Lisa, you know, does this feel warm to you? And like, I, you know, I show her the area where it is. She puts her hand there and she's like, Oh my God. Yeah. And it's like hard as a rock too. When I'm like, Oh shit, this just might be my fucking appendix. So call my wife and I'm just like, you know, Hey, um, see if your mom can drop you or pick you up from the mechanic. Um, I'm going to the hospital, you know? And she's like, well, do you want me to leave work? Do you want me to meet you there? Like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, stay at work. You know, I just want to find out what's going on. If it turns out to be something serious, I'll call you and have you meet me at the hospital. Um, uh, called a couple other friends of mine. Um, and I called my mom and told them the same thing. And, um, I got up and I left and I went to the hospital. So, you know, I, I walk up to the girl at the counter and I'm like, look, um, I've already been to a hospital once for this. I've already been examined once for this. Um, and it's back. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, they couldn't really figure out what it was last time. Um, but I don't know if it's my kidney or if it's my appendix. Um, but something's going on and she could just kind of tell that I was fucking miserable. Um, thank God the lobby of the, of the, this particular hospital, I went to a completely different hospital, uh, waiting room was just about empty except for like two or three other people. Um, they took me back to triage, did all that stuff. And they're like, listen, you know, we're going to do, oh, I, I forgot while I was making my phone calls and, and, you know, making people aware of what was going on, my right arm started to go numb and get cold. And I'm talking like a noticeable temperature difference. Um, so they checked that when I got into triage too. And she's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's, I, I think she said a good five or six degree difference. Um, you know, so all of a sudden, like I kind of got moved up the line a little bit because of that. Um, uh, but they, uh, they take me back to triage and she's like, they're going to call you back for blood work. Um, and then she hands me a cup to pee in and she's like, you know, fill this when you can, we don't need that much, but you know, fill it when you can. And I'm like, damn, I just peed before I left the radio station. Like I, I, I should have known that they were going to want to test my urine because I'm saying kidney. Um, but it didn't take very long. You know, it was about maybe 30 minutes after I got there, I had to pee again. So, uh, went filled the cup, gave it to the girl. Um, and right before I went to pee, they called me back for the blood work. Um, so they already had that. It was already being tested before I even got a room. So I'm like, this is awesome, man. Like shit's moving along. Uh, they take me back to the room and I'd only been there maybe a half hour or so doc comes back and he just goes, uh, you know, they kind of tell me, you think you might have a problem with your kidney or your appendix. I, you know, I tell him everything that had been going on. 
um, he does his, um, you know, physical examination and he goes, CAT scan. I'm like, kind of figured because they had done one in the past. So they take me back to CAT scan. They do the CAT scan. I go back to my room. Obviously, I know I'm in the hospital and I'm in the emergency room. So shit's going to take a little bit. Uh, shift change had happened by this point. Another nurse comes in and she's like, he wants me to give you an IV with fluid so that you stay hydrated and give you a painkiller because you're, you're saying you're on like, uh, fucking spinal tap 11 with pain. Um, so she puts the IV in, gives me my dose of medication, um, starts the drip. <laughs> um, you know, I got friends texting me and calling me and shit. Cause obviously everybody's seeing my post on Facebook and everything. Um, cause I had posted it on there too. And my one dude's just like, Hey man, I haven't heard from you in a little bit. Do you need anything? I'm joking. Plus I'm slightly high by this point because of the painkillers. I'm just like, yeah, man, you know what? I could really go for a Chipotle bowl. And he just goes, I'll Uber eat it to your house. As soon as you get out of there, man, send me your address. So I give him my address. I give him my Chipotle order. And I'm like, thank you, man. Like that means a lot, you know? Um, maybe one day I'll share the audio. Um, you know, but I've been kind of keeping, you know, my mom had been calling me, my wife had been calling me, everything like that. Um, it gets to be about a quarter to 10 and I'm not out of there yet. So I text, uh, the friend that was offering me the Chipotle and I'm like, Hey man, you know, I don't think I'm going to get out of here by 10 o'clock. Um, so why don't we save the Chipotle order for another day? Um, you know, if I get out of here before 10 o'clock, obviously I'm going to text you and say, Hey, have that shit like rolling because they close at 10. Um, if not, you know, we'll do it another day, whatever. doesn't matter. He goes, yeah, man, keep me posted. Um, it gets to be about five minutes to 10 and they're finally saying, we're going to get you your discharge papers and, and you know, stuff. And we're going to get you out of here. So I text him and I'm like, dude, I'm not getting out of here before 10 o'clock. Um, you know, thanks for the offer. If you're still up, I'll stop by. Um, and he's like, oh, you're getting out of there? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, what's happening? I'm like, I don't know yet. Like, I'm still waiting for them to come back and tell me. So, like, the second I finish that that message, Doc walks in, and he's like, blood looks good. Urine looks good. Um, Cat scan was completely negative for anything. No signs of gallstones, no signs of kidney stones, nothing. I don't know what's causing your pain, but I'm going to send you home with some painkillers. If the stuff continues and it continues to get worse, um, either come back or, you know, go see a doctor. So I'm like, mother pus bucket, man, here we go again. So the, uh, the nurse comes back in and, you know, she's pulling my IV out and doing all this stuff. And she shows me a couple things on the because she printed out all the blood and urine results for me and everything and she's showing me some stuff and we're talking like a 0.01 difference in like what they would like to see and i'm like that's not a result that's an anomaly like i'm in pain bitch like i'm, I'm expecting to see a couple of things look a little bit different i'm like but a 0.01 difference normal okay like that's normal um, and she kind of agreed. She's like, I'm just showing you kind of like, you know, what we're looking at. 
Um, you know, and then she tells me what the medicine's for, but then she's like, something that you want to watch out for. Um, ibuprofen does terror to your stomach and your kidneys. You know, only take it if you absolutely need it. Um, and a couple of years ago, I had actually stopped taking ibuprofen and switched to a set of metafin, um, for that exact reason, because I had been told that there's a part two to that too. Uh, so I'm just like, all right, you know, thanks for nothing. I guess, you know, send me the bill because I know you're going to, and I have no insurance. So this shit's going to be fucking expensive. Um, if you've been following the show, you know that I've been out of work for, um, official work for like a year, over a year. Um, due to an injury I sustained and I haven't been paid in over a year. And because of it, and it was a work related injury, I lost my health insurance. So everything's going to be coming out of pocket. Hopefully I'll be able to get um, prorated and put on some kind of program to where I can get these expenses covered because especially because of the cat scan, that shit's going to be expensive. Um, so like I said, you know, like I came home Friday night, um, I got home about 11 o'clock, stopped and grabbed something to eat because I'd been there for five hours and I was hungry by that point. Um, oh God, trying to get comfortable here. Uh, I'm still dealing with the pain, obviously. Um, it had been good all day and now it's like, fuck me. Um, where was I going with this? All right. So I get home. I uh, put out a video to everybody on my personal Facebook page, and I'm just like, you know, hey, I'm home. Um, you know, they ran all these tests, didn't really find anything. Um, I'll keep everybody posted as to what's going on. I was supposed to uh, produce a show Saturday morning, and all the hosts were kind of just like, hey, you know what? Your health's more important. We'll We'll record the show another day. Or, you know, we'll just cancel the show this week. And I'm like, all right, cool. <clears throat> I pretty much spent all day Saturday resting up, uh, just trying to get over everything. And, um, you know, today I had a little bit of stuff to do with the, at the radio station. So was there. Um, and then I came home and uh, watched the NASCAR race and stuff like that. And then, uh, um, you know, relaxed a little bit more, had dinner, uh, watched, saw started working on stuff um for the shows next week and um now i'm doing this uh you know so like i said i you know i i kind of read through all the results uh showed them to my mom and everything and i'm you know and the thing about the ibuprofen kept speaking to me i'm also a migraine sufferer and you know for years um, especially with what's going on with my knee. Um, and I had a cracked tooth, you know, so ibuprofen was my best friend for a while. And, um, wanted to readjust the headphones. Um, it's no secret to anybody that's watched this show or listened to this show for an extended amount of time. Um, back in early 2021, I, uh, I attempted suicide. Uh, for the details on that, you can go back and, and 
find the episode where I go into depth about it. I'm not going to do it again here. Um, long story short version. Um, I took an entire 100 pill bottle of 500 milligram ibuprofen and, um, woke up seven hours later by the grace of God, throwing them up actually probably even longer than that. Closer to 12 hours, actually. Uh, probably even longer. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just started thinking about it, you know, cause obviously I was violently ill when I woke up, uh, throwing up pills, um, and things of that nature. Didn't even realize that I had done it. Um, so, um, but like I said, all the details about that are in the other episode, but that's like the gist of it. Um, you know, and then obviously, you know, I'm just looking at timelines that was Easter 2021. And then we get to, I want to say it had to be like January or maybe February of 2022 when I ended up in the hospital the last time I I'd have to go back and look at shit. Um, maybe even a little bit later in the year, maybe it was March. I don't remember. I'm, I'm in the fucking hospital for that, you know, for the, the potential sepsis and everything. And I'm reading this and it's just like, you know, it, it can rot away, you know, it, it, can, it can do a lot of shit that ain't good. Uh, you know, long story short on that to, to your stomach, to your kidneys, to everything like that. And I'm sitting there and I'm just reading through the shit that they had given me to my mom. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, what if I did this to myself? What if this is my punishment for me trying to kill myself? You know, and, and that's, that's a lot for somebody to take in, especially given what had been happening already that week. And she's like, yeah, you know, it's a possibility. You know, I mean, talk about a fucking wake up call. Not that, you know, almost dying wasn't enough of a wake up call, but to have a second wake up call almost a year later where you're going through some of the worst pain you've ever had in your life. And then fast forward almost a year later and you're dealing with it again, you know, and it's just like, what do you do? In that standpoint, how, how do you, you know, how do you, uh, how do you react to that? How, how do you take in that information? And it, it I, that's another reason why I wanted to wait a couple of days, you know, until I did this so that I had time to think about it. And, then, you know, I, I'll, I'll, if this is my punishment for attempting suicide, then God damn it. I deserve every fucking second I'm in pain. And I accept the fact that this is self self caused and all that. And I also wanted, I, I decided I wanted to document and I, obviously I, I wanted to document this when I got home from the hospital, but for a completely different reason though, you know, I mean, it was just going to, you know, document my trip to the hospital and, you know, tell the backstory of what I've been dealing with and everything like that. Then, you know, I took two days and, and thought about things and I'm like, holy shit, you know, uh, maybe this, you know, maybe this is this. So, um, you know, we, we do these things at Redline radio, um, every three months or so called, uh, the men's health summit. And 
it's basically guys coming in and and pretty much having like a therapy session with each other. And uh, recently, Lex Vegas asked me if I could take them over for him because he's just, you know, he's one of the busiest guys in fucking Cleveland right now. And um, I'm like, yeah, man, I, you know, I'll I'll definitely do that. Like, you know, um. So I, I think, you know, I kind of want to use this as, as a stepping stone for that and kind of just be like, you know, hey, um, you know, when, when they tell you to, to watch out for things and, and to pay attention to certain things, like, there's a reason for that. And, um, you know, if, if I can use this as a cautionary tale, um, to people and everything like that, then that that's what I want to do, you know. And even if you survive a, an, a suicide attempt, you know there could be la- lasting effects of that. You know, obviously psychologically, um, but you know, obviously physically too, as I'm finding out. Um, you know, and I and I I still deal with with psychological um, damage because of that attempt too um fuck. and uh you know something else that happened is um you know i i i've been waiting to listen to that new lincoln park song that just came out lost because um you know i didn't hear too much about the history of the song or anything like that and you know just hey new lincoln park song and i'm like hey your fucking singer committed suicide please don't replace him just just end lincoln park um which i thought that they had done and uh you know this new song came out and i'm like i i want nothing to do with it if it's not chester singing i want nothing to do with it and then i started you know, seeing the responses from people that had listened to it. And they're like, you know, oh my God, like, you know, this is Chester. It was so hard hearing his voice again. And da, da, da. I'm like, all right, let me take, check this out. So I went and listened to it. And what it is, is a demo from the original recordings of Meteora. And it was a song that never made the actual album. And, uh, you know, the band had collectively said, you know, this song doesn't necessarily fit the tone of the album, and they didn't think it was good enough to fit on the album. Um, but obviously, it, with it being the 20th anniversary of Meteora, they're releasing a bunch of demos and stuff like that, like they did for um, Hybrid Theory. And this is one of them, and this is the a single that they are releasing to, you know, help promote the, the 20th anniversary of Meteora, obviously, but um, you know, you, you listen to the song and you, and you hear the words in the song and, and things like that. And it's just like, oh my God, if this isn't a cry for help, I don't know what is. And obviously there were many albums after Meteora, um, but it's just the, some of the things that that Chester had said in the in the, in this particular song 
you know, obviously for somebody that suffers from depression and has attempted suicide in the past, a lot of that shit hits different. And it's just like, man. And, um, I got home and I, and I'm playing the song for my, you know, I walk in and I'm like, uh, you gotta listen to this. And I play the song for my wife and she's like, who is this? And I'm like, it's Lincoln park. She's like, that's what I thought. She's like, but if it's not Chester, I don't want to hear it. I'm like, just listen. And she's like, look, I know how you feel about, you know, Chester dying. And it's the reason why you haven't listened to Guar since Dave Brocky died. Odorosirungus. And I'm like, just listen. And I didn't tell her that it was Chester. I didn't tell her that it was an old song from Meteora. Um, an old demo from Meteora, I should say. And she starts listening. And when Chester starts singing, she's like, that sounds like Chester. And I'm like, just listen. You know, and then when Chester screams, I'm lost. Um, she realized it's Chester. And she's like, what is this? And I'm just like, just listen to the whole song. Like, take in the words that he's saying. And at the end of it, she's like, oh, my God, that almost sounded like a suicide note. And I'm like, yeah, like, it's that serious. Um, Very good song. Very tough to listen to. Um, Especially if you're a fan and especially if you're somebody that that obviously, I mean, a lot the world knows what happened to Chester Bennington. Um, if you don't, he committed suicide because of depression. Um, but uh, you know, the song is it's it's deep, and I, I'm giving the reaction that I'm giving to it because, um, you know, for somebody who only liked a few Lincoln park songs. She wasn't a big fan. Like I was, um, you know, or hearing her say those words, you know, and then all of a sudden she looked at me and she's just like, I get it. I understand now, you know, and I'm, I'm a very tough person to read and it's not because I show my emotions. Um, all my emotions look the same. And, um, you know, you, you, you go back and you listen to, to Lincoln Park's music. Now you, you see it and you can see it in his face. You can see it, you know, in the words that he sings and things like that. And especially in their live performances, um, um, somebody actually recently mentioned the live performance that they did of given up the song that opens minutes to midnight and there's a spot in the song where Chester is just screaming and when you're watching the live performance there's this look on his face where it's just like I'm angry but I'm done and the words that he's screaming are put me out of my misery and the person that was reacting to it was saying, like, this sounds like an animal that's begging to be an, an injured animal begging to be put down. And you hear those words and you're like, yeah, pretty much. 
but it's not a wounded animal, it's a wounded person. And that's basically the theme of the whole song is it's like, it's somebody going through depression, living out the course of their day. You know, I wake in a sweat again. I hyperventilate, you know, like just go back and listen to the song. If you've never heard the song, um, you know, but there's a, a part in the song where he's just screaming, put me out of my misery. And then near the end of it, he's just going, put me out of my fucking misery. And he's just screaming it. And he holds just this absolute primal, guttural scream at the end of misery, that that last vowel sound of misery, for 17 seconds. And at the end of it, he just kind of drops his head. And I'm like, at that moment, I can see it, and I can hear it, and I can feel it in everything that he's saying. And then he follows that up with the chorus, which is, I've given up. I'm sick of, of fading. Tell me what the fuck is wrong with me. And, you know, I'm just like, yeah, dude, I get it. Cause I, I, I've, I've been there. I've been there multiple times. And, you know, it, it, just, just like I said, there's this weekend of reflection and coming to a realization that, you know, my attempt, might be causing you know a, a new health problem that i have you know it, it kind of just brought me back to that moment and it's just like you know now i know what that moment feels like now i know you know where my one step closer to the edge and i'm about to break is where am i crawling in my skin these wounds they they will not heal you know my i've given up you know moment and I, I hate to just keep quoting Lincoln Park lyrics, but you know, we're talking about lost. Um so you know I, I'm I'm using it as a as a as a point to where it's just like, you know, hey, so I can let my friends know, you know, hey, if you see me acting like this or if you if you hear me saying certain things or, you know, whatever you know relating to that that that's when i need help and um i guess you can call this like just my little thing for what i want to do when a future men's health summit and um you know i'm building my army but not an army to go to war Oh, they're, we're going to war, but not against a, an a external enemy, but an enemy within me, and that enemy is my brain. So, um, obviously, this is a, a lot longer audio dump than I normally do. Uh, but you know, I wanted to let everybody know, you know, kind of what happened Friday. And why it was a necessary thing to cancel the show. So, um, nothing in life is, is ever more important than to take care of yourself. And that's what I did. I had to take care of myself. And, you know, somebody even made the comment on my page, you know, your health is more important than a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, you're a hundred percent right. You know, but me putting it out there, you know, uh, 
I'm not doing a show. Even if I get out of the hospital before 8 p.m., I'm not going on the air because that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to take care of myself. I'm just avoiding the text messages and the phone calls from people that are going to be like, you know, hey, why aren't, why isn't there a show? You know, why aren't you on the air? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> so um, we're going to wrap this audio dump now. Um, thanks, everybody, for, for listening. And if anybody out there is actually in my friend circle or in my family or in my army, thank you. Thank you for everything that you guys did for me on Friday. I definitely appreciate all of it. Um, it did not go unnoticed, uh, not just by me, but obviously my wife and my mom and, you know, other members of my family as well. I also want to thank everybody uh, throughout the weekend that has been keeping tabs with me. How are you feeling? What's going on? You know, are you still in pain or, you know, um, so it means a lot and it's good to know that I have that circle if I ever need them. Uh, that's going to do it for this audio dump edition of Money's Crazy Mind. Thank you, everybody, for checking it out. We will be back next week, and yes, I've already uh, spoken to Jeremy. He is willing to come back. Uh, so we will do Money's Crazy Mind Investigates. Don't drink the water. Um, the truth behind the Norfolk Southern uh, train derailment in uh, East Palestine, Ohio. And uh, could that factory that exploded in Oakwood Village be related? Until then, everybody, have a week. I'm sick of it, doing right, doing wrong. Parents pissed off every time I write a song. Smoke, crack, push upset, and what the fuck is that? It's something funny. Made for you to laugh at You're destroying America with your rap You're so full of shit I need to call hazmat The only way I would ever apologize Is if I had my face buried in your sister's thighs Okay, I'm sorry for what it's worth But the best part of you was the afterbirth If you can't take a fucking joke Then go jump in the river Nah, 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 nah your sister you can't take a fucking joke then go jump in the river money's crazy mind is a proud redline media group and nameless faceless production that's all folks